Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. From Wall Street to the White House, this is The Larry Kudlow Show. Welcome back, folks. I'm Larry Kudlow. A very wonderful turn of events in the fight for freedom in Ukraine. Suddenly, the counteroffensive by the Ukrainians uh, is working, and the Russians look like they're fleeing. And we need a report on this. We got General, General Keith Kellogg. Uh, retired Army Lieutenant General, former National Security Advisor to Vice President Pence and President Trump, a very good friend of mine. He's the co-chair of the Center for American Security for America First Policy Institute, and his book is called War by Other Means, a general in the White House. Keith Kellogg, thank you for coming on. I mean, Keith, now, I'm, I mean, you're the expert, not me. I'm just reading stuff. It looks like the Russian army is fleeing. It also looks like the Russian Navy is fleeing. Yeah, Larry. Larry, thanks for having me today. You know, Larry, when you look at what's happened in Ukraine, it's really uh, an incredible turn of events where uh, it's really quite clear the Ukrainians fight much better than the Russians do. The Russians are kind of uh, still fight the old way they did, and the, and the Ukrainians fight much the way the West would have fought. And what happened is uh, when you look up near Kharkiv and Izum, where the big offensive occurred, the Russians started to thin their lines. And what I mean by that is they started removing units from there because they're being really stressed in the south in a place called Kherson. And they see that as a really critical area that they have to hold. And the Ukrainians saw that through pretty good intelligence and launched the attack. And then once you start an attack and once you start withdrawing, Withdrawal turns into a retreat, and if you don't have good leadership, what the Russians don't, it turns into a rout. And that's basically what happened in the north. Now, the real key is also to look what's happening in the south, because I believe that is where the major fight is going to occur. And Kherson is basically the gateway to Crimea. Mm. And there's a huge offensive by the Ukrainians down there. The Russians are trying to hold on, because I truly believe if the Ukrainians retake Kherson, and move towards Crimea, and the Russians can't push them back, then I think the Russian military, the Russian army falls, which would be Mm -hmm. stunning, and it would be a strategic defeat. And the reason I think that is trying to occur is I went back and looked at what Zelensky said, President Zelensky of Ukraine said last month. And last month he said the war began, he's talking about 2014, the war began in Crimea, it will end in Crimea. So he is clearly trying to take Crimea back. And if that happens, if I was Vladimir Putin, I'd probably increase my food tasters or my bodyguards because the <laughs> Russian army, the vaunted Russian military will then have failed. I'm reading from an article in the New York Sun by Anthony Grant. Just read this real quick. The Russian Navy has begun shifting its battle-class submarines away from their base at Sebastopol. Naval News reports that in recent weeks, Four Kilo-class submarines have left their designated berths at Russia's naval headquarters in the illegally occupied Crimean Peninsula. I mean, that's wild. That is wild. And uh, 
the hope to regain not only the territory in the Ukraine, but the Crimea. I mean, this is really earth-shattering stuff, Keith. Earth-shattering yeah. stuff. And that's a real indicator when you see them withdrawing their naval units from Sevastopol, which is a, the Black Sea Fleet, which, of course, the Ukrainians sank the flagship, the Moscow, just a, a few months ago. But, but what's so incredible about that, if that happens, then the, the, the Russian military will have a strategic defeat, which hasn't been seen since World War II. And that, that would be stunning, not only for Ukraine and Russia, but the entire West. I mean, you mm-hmm. kind of look at it and say, you know, that the, the NATO doesn't have to worry about these guys. Now, what you have to worry about is, of course, that there's still a nuclear power. And I made a comment the other day, you know, I probably had some people get kind of angry about it. But I said, you know, Russia is starting to look like Belgium with nuclear weapons. Mm. You know, they're not a very good military. And part of that, Larry, is they just didn't adapt their military to to the modern military, the way we fight. And I'll give you one great example. is You know, in the, in the United States military and also Ukrainian military as well, we make sure we take care of our soldiers. There's a, there's a phrase in the American military, you never leave wounded on the battlefield. You go get them. The Russians leave their dead on the battlefield, and that, mm. you can see that all the time. And if you're a, a Russian soldier and you know you're going into battle and you know that they're not going to try to recover you, your morale, your willingness to fight is really pretty low. Mm. And that's what you're starting to see happen. Plus, their leadership is very faulty. They have very senior leadership. They don't delegate authority down to junior levels like we do. We need sergeants and captains, uh, and they, they keep it at senior levels. So they just don't have an agility uh, in the way they fight, and the Ukrainians do, and they're showing that every day. Keith Kellogg, is part of this uh, breakdown of the Russian army, uh, you know, I've talked to General Keene about this and others. Um, Putin and the generals steal large chunks of the military budget. They just steal it. The corruption is absolutely rampant. And so besides their lousy tactics and I, th- I think leaving wounded on the battlefield is an extraordinary thing. I mean, it's just extraordinary, so that's a key point. But, Keith, the level of corruption in Moscow is so large, they allocate money to the military budget, and then Putin and his generals and the cronies just take it away. They just steal it, put it overseas someplace. Yeah, and you see that in their modernization, and you see that in their readiness. And that's the reason why... There, there are reports now they're actually going into prisons to recruit people. Well, that doesn't, you know, make for a very good fighting unit. And they're now on their second and third generation equipment, meaning they've, they've, they've gone through their best equipment already. You know, they've taken serious losses. If the indications are right. They've lost 70,000 troops dead or wounded. That's one third of the original invasion force, and that's their frontline units. Now they're relying on units and equipment that is really old. They're bringing... T-60s and, and T-62s out of mothballs, and those those type of that type of equipment is not very very good on the modern battlefield. That's because they haven't modernized, or they just took the money and put it elsewhere. So what you're seeing is just a compilation of poor leadership, poor management, poor industrialization. It's and it's a really it's a paper tiger, and you're starting to see that. And Ukraine basically proved that. Now here's what's bothersome to me, Larry, is when you remember the start of this. General Mark Milley went before Congress and said Ukraine would last for about three days. Or oh, three yes. Days. And then they've held out for over well over 200 days. You kind of say, how did we miss that? 
Mm. How did our intelligence community screw that up so bad? Because Ukrainians clearly are fighting with good alarm. They've got good equipment. We've helped them with good equipment. Uh, and they're really putting pressures on the Russian military. Keith Kellogg, what's the message being sent to China now with this Russian defeat? Yeah, I think uh, I think uh, if I was President Xi, I'm glad I don't speak Russian. There's one thing, so I don't have to explain it well. Second, I wish I could have my handshake back when they <laughs> took hands at the Olympics. And I think the Chinese are saying, you know, these guys are not a very reliable partner. And you kind of seen that break when they were in Uzbekistan just the other day. Mm. Even Putin, which was a re- remarkable comment, even Putin said China castigated them a bit because of the invasion of Ukraine. And so the Chinese are looking that the Russians are a very weak partner. The Chinese, they'll take a long look at the world. I mean, they they look at the world in 20 and 30 year bites and does, does President Xi. It's not going to you know, give them any less resolve to be a regional and a global power. But I think they're looking at the Russians as a weak sister. And I'm not saying he wishes he could get it back, but he doesn't. He, she doesn't want to be tainted very much with what's happening in Ukraine and all the blowback they're getting out there. So they'll keep the Russians, to me, at an arm's distance, at the same time saying they're supporting them. I know that it's always highly speculative, but there is reports in the papers and so forth that um... – People are uh, inside Moscow, inside the government, uh, around the country and municipalities are revolting against Putin. Putin is ill and so forth. He's conducted a terrible war. Russia is going to be much the worse for what they've done. Keith Kellogg, does Putin get overthrown here? Uh, I know people have said, well, there's, you know, 10 more as bad or worse than him afterwards. But might this have some major impact on domestic politics in, uh, in Russia? Well, if it does, it's because the Siloviki or the the elites want to get rid of Putin and give, give him a way out by saying, if you all sit, you need to leave. The problem I've got, Larry, is when you look at the successors, the potential successors like uh, Petruchev, who's their national security advisor right now. He's 70 years old. He's, a, he's an absolute hardliner. And a lot of these guys that are with Putin, who's brought along, he's brought along with him, they're all hardliners as well. So you you know when you look at somebody like Navalny who is kind of a, a reformist he's actually in jail mm. unless they get him out of jail I think you're still going to see hardliners and he's getting and Putin and, and here's the concern I've got Larry is Putin is getting criticism not because he's losing the war but it, because he's not prosecuting it in a way that he should be which is very very aggressively. So they're saying you should be more aggressive, you should mobilize, you should do you know much more aggressive tactics. So he's not being criticized for being too strong, he's being criticized for being too weak. So that should bother everybody because what he may do next. I think uh, Russian defeat in Ukraine, which appears more and more likely, uh, will decimate Russia. Uh, in the eyes of the world, they are an evil outlier. It, Keith, I think it'll... It'll take decades, if ever. I mean, this is an unbelievable body blow to Russia. And the Crimean, the potential to retake Crimea is an extraordinary development. Anyway, Keith Kellogg, thank you ever so much. I appreciate the update. And we'll just keep our fingers crossed that freedom will continue to advance in the Ukraine. Folks, we're going to take a quick break. And on the other side, we're going to talk to Matt Slap, the chairman of the uh, American Conservative Union as, as CPAC. I want to talk a little bit more about the liberals and the woke progressives getting mugged 
by illegal immigrants in the great town of Martha's Vineyard and what this really means. I'm Larry Kudlow. We'll be back in just a moment. Larry Kudlow. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.